top line is vanity, bottom line is sanity, and cash flow is reality. Most business owners and entrepreneurs are secretly sick of hustling. And if you are too, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Hustle Less, Profit More podcast with me, Mickey Anderson, where we're revolutionizing success because you should have it all. Business success, lasting wealth, freedom, and fulfillment. Join me on this quest to uncover the keys to defining and achieving success on our terms so we can all hustle less and profit more. Rocky Lalvani is a certified profit-first professional who got his first real taste of what it's like to build wealth from the ground up after moving with his family to America from India at the age of three with only $25. Rocky educates business owners on implementing systems in their business so that money flows where it should. And in this episode, we debunk the myth that business owners should focus on driving top-line revenue to grow. I hope you enjoy this insightful episode with Rocky Lalvani. Your story of you and your family, and I don't want to give away too much, but it had a major impact on where you are today. Would you be able to share with our listeners kind of your upbringing and how you became who you are now, as you would say, the chief profitability officer? Sure. So I'm an immigrant to the United States. I came here when I was a little kid and my parents were basically starting over. And as I was growing up, they would hang out with their friends who also immigrated and tried to figure out, you know, how do we create the American dream? That's what they came for. And what they would do, though, is have conversations around life and money. And so when I grew up, it was normal for people to share how much they paid for something and how they got a discount or what they were doing with their investments and so forth. Money wasn't a taboo topic. It was just kind of normal. And also what I did see was the whole spectrum. In other words, I saw people with very little money. I saw people with lots of money and I saw people with really lots of money. So I got to see, I think, that full spectrum and, and to see how different people were doing things. And the attitude was always and the expectation was always that the world is yours and there's nothing preventing you from success. So what are you going to do to go have your success and figure that out? I didn't realize till much later in life that most people don't have money conversations and that money is not a traditional topic that people talk about. And then I looked at even my own education because I have a Bachelor of Science in Economics. They didn't teach us how to build wealth. I have an MBA. We didn't have classes. How do you build wealth? They don't even teach you how to make your business profitable. They tell you how to read the P&L, but they don't tell you what to do if it's not what you want. And it's funny because I was just having this conversation yesterday and we were talking about education. It's like, yeah, the guy who came up with the idea for FedEx in his MBA program or whatever they told him that that would never work. And I think he did not do well on that paper. I think the same thing happened to Michael Dell. I don't remember the specifics, but education is not designed to help you to be successful. And I think this is why a lot of people struggle. The other thing is I have this natural talent with spreadsheets. So when I was in high school, I got one of the first Apple II computers and I was actually helping accountants figure out how to go from paper ledger to VisiCalc, which was the first sheet. 
And even when I was in college, I was working for a bank and they're like, you know how to do these spreadsheets? I'm like, yeah, they're real easy. They just stuck me in a corner and said, you know, go do this for us. We need to keep track of all of these things. I just didn't realize how valuable that skill is. And I didn't realize how unique it was. And so it wasn't until much later in life that I put all these blocks together, figured it out in then I realized, because that was my last aha, I just assumed business owners understood the business of business. Like they knew their financials and they actually ran the numbers. And I came to realize most people went into business to do what they love. And since they weren't starting an accounting practice, that's not what they loved. We focus so much on driving revenue, on top line, on adding more value, on throwing more products on. But I know that you have a different perspective there. And I'd love to know your take on what business owners should be focusing on when it comes to their finances. So we have a little saying, which is top line is vanity, bottom line is sanity, and cash flow is reality, right? That's just the way it is. The problem that occurs is your top line revenue is real easy to see. I made a sale. I got paid. If you ask somebody what's their bottom line, they don't know. And for most business owners, they don't find out till tax time where their accountant says, congratulations, you were profitable or unprofitable. Here's how much taxes you owe. And that usually brings up two questions is, you know, where is the money that you said I made $50,000 or $100,000 in profit? Where is it? And the second question is, how am I supposed to pay that tax bill? <laughs> because they don't have the cash. And I think that's one of the biggest parts of the problem. Profit doesn't necessarily mean you have the cash in the bank and it's spendable because the money is constantly rotating and getting spent somewhere else. And so you, you need to have that clarity, I think, every month in your business. And I think that's the, the, the number one tip I have for people is every month you need to have a financial meeting. And I don't care if that financial meeting is with yourself. You know, sit down and look at your month and say, hey, how much did we bring in? How much went out? What's that leave? Was that what we expected? Is that what we set as a goal? Is it good or bad? Thumbs up or thumbs down? And then what are we going to do next month? And I think if you just do that little bit, you will find slowly your business improves. Sometimes it can feel a little bit overwhelming, right? Like most of us don't have the MBA or didn't go to school for economics. And so looking at a PL can feel a little bit overwhelming. If you could give some advice or maybe some guidance for these new business owners who are starting to muster up the courage to look at their numbers, are there any tips or advice you have in terms of simplifying the process for them to really understand what's going on? Yeah. So as part of this whole journey to figure out what I wanted to do and how all these parts uh, come together, I actually partnered with Mike Michalowicz, who wrote the book Profit First. And Profit First is basically a cash flow management system designed for entrepreneurs who never want to look at their P&L. And so it just makes the whole process much, much easier. So in a nutshell, it, it's based on a, a very old principle, and it's, it's how I built my wealth. And many of you may have heard of the envelope system. You know, if you go back 100 plus years ago, your great grandparents or grandparents would get money. And they would separate their money into envelopes or, you know, into jars. This, this jar is for groceries. This jar is for rent. 
you know, this money has this purpose. And basically what Mike did was say, hey, let's use that same system for businesses, but instead of envelopes, we'll use bank accounts. Now, the premise of this whole thing is that you've been given the wrong formula for profit. So most people are told sales minus expenses equals profit, which means profit's a leftover. It's, it's an afterthought. And Mike said, no wonder we're struggling. So he said, let's change the equation to sales minus profit equals expenses. So we take our profit first and we constrain what we spend. And there's actually a principle that works on that. And I'll talk about that in a moment. But so in this case, all your money comes in and it comes into one bank account. Well, now it's real easy to see how much money came, right? And then if we take that money and we allocate a percentage to profit and we put it in a separate account that's profit, that's for your, you don't touch, you know you're profitable, right? Because the money is segregated. And then the next account we put money into is your pay. Because one thing business owners struggle with is paying themselves, right? They're always last in line. And we believe you should be first in line because if you're not in a strong place, you can't run the load of your business. It causes too much stress. And the next place we put money is for the tax man, because as we said, those taxes are coming. Let's be prepared for them and let's pay them appropriately. And then what's left is truly what you have to run your business on. Now, people say, well, what if the, one of these accounts runs out of money? Well, then you know immediately you've got a problem. Something went wrong. Now it's time to investigate what went wrong and you know, this way you make the appropriate choices. Most business owners aren't looking at their P&L. They're looking at their bank balance. And with this system, you can still look at your bank balance and you'll truly know, hey, do I have money to pay myself, right? Do I have money for operating expenses? How much money came in since the last time I did my allocations? And for most business owners, we tell them no more than once a week, you should do allocations. Most businesses do it twice a month. Some businesses get away with once a month. It just depends on how your cash flows and how you bill and everything else. So you just have to figure out a rhythm for you. In the book, Mike tells you what your target allocations are, but we tell people to start with where they are today. So figure out what your allocations are today and then work off of that. Now, all of this comes back to a principle called Parkinson's Law. Parkinson's law says a business will use up all the time and money allocated to it. So, you know, if you think about it and say, oh, I have a project and you bring in a sales guy to, to tell you how to solve this, his first question is, well, what's your budget and what's your timeline? And whatever your budget and timeline is, that's what it's going to be, right? The lower your budget and timeline, the more apt it's going to get done for less and it's going to be done quicker. So it's, it's a matter of what you do. And it's the same thing. You know, if you think about it and say, I've got to get this delivered and I've got to get it delivered in 10 minutes, you get it done in 10 minutes, right? Because you figure out how to be resourceful. If you give yourself a month, it'll take a month and you'll probably waste the first 28 days just because that's what happens. Same thing happens with money, right? We, we tend to waste too much. So a big part of it is just going through your business and asking yourself, is what I am spending on appropriate and does it drive my profit? 
too often we get this habit of, oh, it's a, it's a business expense. I can write it off. And we get very lackadaisical with money, which is not good. Funny because I've seen people who in the past had got money back from the government come tax time and then they start their business and all of a sudden they realize, oh no, I have to pay. And they, they at first went into business thinking, oh, this is, I'll get money back on this. I'll get money back on this, but it doesn't end up working out that way. So I, I love that the approach is allocate a specific amount and just stay within that range. It's almost like living within your means as mm-hmm. in your personal life, but the same in your business. What a, what a radical concept, right? <laughs> One of the things you mentioned that I think is really important to know is many people don't pay themselves enough or at all, especially when they're first starting their business and that resentment starts to build, right? They're, they're putting in the hours and the effort and not seeing results for themselves. And I really appreciate that this framework builds that in from the start, that even if it's just a small amount, like you're still seeing that come back into your wallet. When we think about moving from this idea of profit in your business to building wealth, because that's ultimately what all business owners want, right? You have this saying about building old fashioned wealth, and I'd love for you to kind of explain to us what that means and can look like. So I think too often people, everybody wants to get rich fast, right? Warren Buffett says nobody wants to get rich slowly. But if you look at Warren Buffett, it wasn't until he was in his 50s that he had his first billion. And so the object is, is to build wealth slowly. And, and right now we're in a time where if you look around, everyone seems to be building wealth fast, right? Because the, there's so much money flowing. It's my guess when, when the next recession hits, a lot of that will disappear and those people will not have that type of wealth. So what we talk about for the business owner is A, most businesses don't survive 10 years for a variety of reasons. Take money out of your business. That's not what people usually say. Everyone says, oh, you have to invest in your business. Well, of course they say that. They're selling you stuff. I'm telling you, take money out of your business and put it somewhere else to grow. So some people like to invest in stocks and bonds, and that's fine. Some people like to invest in real estate, and that's also great. Some people might invest in another company, which is also, so there's there's plenty of ways to invest. You've got to figure out what are your investment skills, which investments work best for you, what are you good at, and then implement that type of an investment policy. You use your profit account to fund that. So the more profitable your company, you remove the money and you go do something else with it. I just want to take a moment to say thank you for listening to the Hustle Less, Profit More podcast. If you're enjoying this episode, please take a quick moment and give it a five-star rating and leave a review. When you do, you're helping others just like you find the show online. If you're a business owner struggling to create content to market your business because you don't know what to create, snag my free content planning playbook. You'll learn how to create your six core pieces of content and repurpose them to go further. To create less content and convert more prospects, Access your content planning playbook at heynickyanderson.com or in the show notes below. Now, back to my conversation with Rocky Lalvani. Obviously, some of our listeners have heard of Mike Michalowicz and Profit First, and some might not have. When we think about one action step that a business owner can take today to start this process. So we ask people to start with one bank account. 
So add one new bank account and every month, just take 1% of your sales, right? You won't miss a dollar out of a hundred. Put it in that separate bank account and give yourself a few months and then look at that and go, hmm, that seemed to work. I didn't miss it. Wow, my business can be profitable. And then double the 1% to 2%, right? But you don't have to do that for three, four, five months down the road. So all you're doing is taking baby steps. And in most businesses, I tell people, you probably have 10% of spending that's wasteful. So to save 1% isn't hard. I think it's just forcing you to take the time to say, is this worth it? And the second thing is a lot of times we sign up for all these services and then we stop using them or we never use them because it was a trial that turned into a payment that we forgot to cancel. And it isn't until we start looking at our bills going, hey, wait a minute, my phone contract renewed and now it doubled. Maybe I need to do something about it. Or I'm paying for these three different softwares that I no longer use or they all do the same thing. Let me pick one and get rid of the other two. I can so relate to that kind of impulsive nature as a new business owner. There are so many shiny things out there. <laughs> there are cool applications and new systems and things that you can grab and snag and everything seems to be urgent and right, rapid deals, bonuses, closing cart. And so there is a lot of pressure as a business owner first to stay ahead and to provide the best or have the best. But at the end of the day, ultimately what it seems like is you have to be more patient in all areas of your finance. You do. I told you this is, you know, people get wealthy slowly in most cases. You know, there are some who get lucky and there's no doubt about it. But for most of us over a lifetime, just putting a little bit of money away and letting it compound is what allows us to be successful. And should something then happen to the business 10 years later, you at least have a fallback position to begin to start your next business. And the next time you start a business, you can be a lot smarter than the first time you did it. Or if you need to pivot your entire business, does COVID happen? COVID's just one of the things that's going to smack you on this journey. There's plenty of others, you know, whether it be health or family or just technology. I mean, let's face it, technology has made so many things obsolete. Overnight, you know, I, I remember buying a GPS for $300. I don't think they sell GPSs anymore separately. Maybe they do for truck drivers, but it's not what it used to be. And there's so many things like that that have disappeared because somebody came along and made it obsolete. So let's give you another action step. Raise your prices 10% at least. That's another thing that small business owners they're afraid to raise prices. Yep. And I tell people, I like to work with people who like to charge premium pricing, right? And offer a premium service, get premium pricing. But I think many business owners are scared to do that. And just raise it a little bit and see if anybody complains. And in today's world of inflation, it's just to be expected. Because if you haven't raised prices, your cost of living's gone up and now you're making less money, even though it's the same. For those who maybe are struggling with a little bit of debt, they maybe have racked up some credit card debt or um, they have a student loan that they're still trying to pay off. 
Is the approach different for them? So if you're in debt, what we do is we use your profit account to pay down debt. And basically what we do, the way that we usually use the profit account is we, we try to let it build up for at least three months. And then every three months, we take half the money out. So, you know, if you have debt, use the half to pay down your debt and celebrate a little, right? You're the business owner, spend a little bit on celebration, use the rest to get out of debt. We can have a balance between the two. And then once you're out of debt, now you can use that money to truly build wealth. Most of us think like, let's pay the debt down first and spend whatever we can on it. But instead of that, it's, again, a more long-term approach. It's not reactive. It's not impulsive. It's looking at debt in a logical way. Do you have any advice or, or tips for those who are starting to grow their team in terms of how they can look at it from a financial standpoint? So when you hire somebody, you are not going to get an immediate return on them. That's just the reality of it. What we tell people to do especially if they can afford it, is to start another bank account, label it future employee, and start paying that employee today. So the first thing you're going to do is you're going to see what it feels like to pay that employee every month. And granted, you're not going to get extra money because of it, but you're also going to feel like what it's going to feel like the first couple of months that employee's there. And if you can do that for three or six months, and then you go hire the employee, well, now you have the money to pay them because you, you felt it. And two, you've got a little bit of reserve to help cover their cost until they get up and run. And that also lets you sit down and figure out, is this employee going to deliver this value to the business? Because if they're not, then you have to question hiring them. Then maybe it's, hey, can I automate this? Can I outsource it? Can I do this a different way? Or do I need to come back to, maybe I need to raise prices. The typical advice we hear is, look at all the stuff you don't want to do or you don't like doing and hire someone to do that. And with the time you have left over, you'll generate more revenue. But that feels risky. <laughs> they are correct. Because what I find is if there's something you don't want to do, it will eat at you and it won't get done, and it, it will take three times longer. At the same point, in today's world, I, I think more and more you can outsource so much on a fractional basis that you don't necessarily need to hire somebody full-time because you may not be able to keep them busy full-time. Or if there's four different things that you want to get off your plate, well, one person can't do all four of those, especially if they're very different skills. So how do we get four things off our plate to four different people, but only use them for a couple hours a month? And if they're fractional, you only have to pay them when you use them. Great advice. When we're thinking of big purchases and investments into our business, what should we be thinking about in terms of our finances and preparing for those? Again, it goes back to the same principle. Number one, you can open a separate bank account and you can save up for some or all of it. So if it's something that is going to constantly be replaced every three, four years, well, you might as well just make that part of your savings plan, right? If you know that that is something that's a three or four year object. If it's a one-time thing, I think it really, it helps to say, okay, if I'm going to spend this money, Either it's got to generate more revenue or it's got to reduce your costs. And it can't be one-to-one. -one. 
if if I go buy something and it costs me another $200 a month, but I only make $200 extra, it's kind of wasting time. And yet too often, this is what we do. If I'm going to invest $200, I want to return on that $200. So it should bring in four or five or $600 a month. If it doesn't do that, then you really need to question your spend. Too often, it's the shiny object. Oh, I need this. You don't need it. It's a want. And if you don't run the numbers to say, does it make financial sense, then you probably shouldn't do it. And too often, it's because you see somebody doing something or you know, somehow you got advertised to. And you're like, oh, that would change everything. More often than not, it doesn't. I could so relate because there are so many times when I've seen this brand new application or new system and it's, you know, game changing new technology that's going to make your life easier. And then you never end up using it. And it's just after a couple of <laughs> months, you're like, why did I do this to myself? Yeah. <laughs> I love that idea of really logically looking at it and saying, how is this going to generate a return? If not, it's not a necessity. It's a want. And you said, I think you said there are accountants within your, your listening audience. So I, I know this because I play in this space. What can you do to improve your efficiencies and automate so that things get done faster, quicker? You, you can take things that might take 10 hours and get them down to one hour. Well, that really changes the game. And I'm sure for every single industry, you know, if you're a masseuse, well, you know, I can't get an hour massage down in 10 minutes, but there are probably, if there are ways within your, your business to do that, you really need to, to look at that. For the masseuse, maybe it's offering an add-on and maybe it's an add-on that doesn't require time. In other words, there's certain oils or whatever it is that your clients are naturally looking for, you know, that ups your every single sale. So just Everyone says work on your business, not in your business. And that's what we're talking about. How do you make efficiencies in the way you do things? And, you know, even for the masseuse, it might just be the way you bill. Or maybe you put people on a standard package. Hey, for $200 a month, you can come in four times a month. The reality is most people probably won't make it in four times. So you pick up on, on that. There, there, you just have to think about your business and what's unique and what's a better way of doing. If you're looking at a business owner who has existing products and services and they want to increase profits, are there other ways that we can start to look at maximizing profit for our existing products and services? So I, I think the first thing is to really look at your pricing, right? More often than not, service providers, how did you come up with your pricing? Well, I looked around, this is what everyone else charges. Everyone else might be going broke. Sit down and figure out, you know, of the products and services that you have, which ones generate the most profit? Because let's say you have five offerings. Well, one of them might be losing money. Two might be break even. One might make you a little, but one of your offerings might make you a lot of money. And if you know that, well, then you stop doing the other four. You put all your efforts into the one that makes you the most money. And, and making the most money is a reflection of time as well as material costs and overhead and everything else. You have to look at all of those different things. Too often, what I'll see a business owner do is, well, 
every time I sell one of these, I get $10,000. And I go, yeah, but every time you sell one of those, it costs you 9,500 to deliver it. And every time you sell this $100 product, you actually get to keep 80% of it. So why not focus on that? Because that's truly what's putting profit in you. If you're looking at a business owner who's maybe a little bit in that scarcity mindset where they're nervous, they're feeling a little bit contracted, like there's not enough clients, there's not enough money, what can they do or how should they start to look at their finances to live a life of abundance? So uh, the reality is, I think for most business owners, and, and I don't think they realize this up front, it takes three years to build a business, right? That's how long it takes to build up a client load. And that's the amount of time it takes you to be profitable. So plan for it. Like, don't expect to be profitable month two. Don't expect people to come knocking on your door left and right. So it's A, setting the right expectations. And then I think people need to understand what's enough. So what I tell people is reverse engineer your business. How much do I need to live on comfortably okay, if this is what I need, how does my business generate this for me? And actually sit down and do the math and look at the time as well as the money involved and see what it takes to be able to do that. And then it's maybe just changing your entire business model up front. So we talked about accountants. What accountants are doing now, preparing taxes is a commodity, right? It's a race to the bottom. Well, don't get in a race to the bottom profession. Advisory is much better. So go to advisory. Or there's all kinds of people who specialize in certain kinds of tax credits. All they do is this tax credit work, and they make a, a tremendous amount more because of it. Many of them actually say, okay, we'll find you tax credits. You don't pay for it unless we get you a tax credit. But if we get you the tax credit, we get 20% of the tax credit. Well, if you can save someone $100,000 with five hours or 10 hours of work, you just made 20 grand. They're happy, you're happy, but it's the expertise that got you there. So it's gonna take you a lot to be able to deliver that kind of value. So I think it's just reverse engineering your business to, to live the life you choose to lead. Some businesses just, by nature, are going to always struggle. And you got to ask yourself, maybe this is more of a hobby then. Go do something to generate revenue and go have fun with your hobby. If you could give our listeners maybe one piece of advice on their journey towards developing and building wealth for themselves, building a profitable business, living a more abundant life, what would it be? I think you need to take the time to think about your business and to plan it out and to actually see, is this going to do what I think it's going to do? And don't, most people put idealistic numbers down. I want you to put minimalistic numbers down and go the opposite direction. Say, you know, what's the worst case scenario for everything? And if, it, if the worst case scenario leaves you in a pretty good place, well, then you've got something that more than likely will leave you in a great place. But if you build this idealistically, you'll start spending idealistically, and then you'll wonder why you're stuck in the future. Uh, you see it so much in the online 
business space now, right? Business owners will get into it and think, oh, if I just think about having more money, I'll generate more money. <laughs> so the reason we run into issues in the online space is the big guys in the space, Shopify, Amazon, all these people, they take such a large cut that you don't realize what you have left over is very little. And that's why it's extremely important to do the math. Because when you do the math, you'll find out, whoa, this wasn't such a great business idea. And it does, I can show you people who are doing millions of dollars in the online space and they have nothing to show for it. I personally feel like I'm leaving here a better business owner. Like I'm going to go look at my books and our listeners are going to do the same. If they'd like to get in touch with you online to learn more about you, Profit First, the services that you provide, where can they find you? So the website is profitcomesfirst.com and the podcast is the Profit Answer Man podcast where we basically teach all of these principles in much more depth. We bring on business owners who've done it. We bring on people to help you to be more profitable and to think a little bit more about how you run your business. Thank you so much. I so appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me in another episode of the Hustle Less, Profit More podcast. Thanks to our season one sponsor, Asteri Pursuit Marketing and Communications. You can find show notes and resources at hustlelessprofitmorepodcast.com. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to rate and review us where you get your podcasts. Join us again next time to uncover more of the keys to achieving success, wealth, fulfillment, and freedom. Thanks for listening.